you know, I it was uh I had a great time, man, with Charlottesville because of so many factors of the people that were able to see me perform. My family, you were there, um new people, you know, some people that kinda already knew about me but never saw me perform. They've only heard songs with me or song you know what I'm saying, like my music, but then it's like Okay, to see me perform, I think gives like a totally different experience. Totally, and I feel like your show mm-hmm. was really like a master class in how to put a show on with the the fan engagement, the freestyling, the just the live performance of your of your previous songs that you've released. I mean, it I felt like it was really the complete package and something that I haven't seen too often. Um, just a showcase of real MC skill. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm trying, what I do is look at it like every time I go on stage, I'm trying to get new fans too. You know, there's people that are there that never heard of me or they heard of me and they're kind of like, I think I heard of him, but then they're not too sure until I start rapping. So then they, then it's like, oh, okay, that's him. Or it's just the fact that it's new all together and no matter the age limit, I want you to leave there like, oh, this guy's incredible, you know? <laughs> so if you if you have this generation, I want you to be like, wow, I might need to step my game up. And if you have an older generation, to kind of be like, wow, I can't believe I missed this all these years or, you know, things like that. Right. No, that's incredible. And I mean, I having lived in Charlottesville since 2002, like this is not the biggest hip-hop um, community in terms of like embracing hip-hop, especially that real New York boom bap sound that you really are a champion of. So the fact that you won over the crowd so easily to me said a lot because I've been to shows with little brother and Jizza where like, I mean, there's so much extra room. Like it's just people don't come out for the shows the way that um, I wish they would. So the fact that you went over that crowd too says well, something. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's my, that's always my intent. When I do shows, you know, I'm always up there thinking about, okay, somebody new is here and they're going to be able to go home and talk about it. And basically it transfers into sales, you know, and that's how, and that's how, what it's about, where the business aspect of it is, you know, how do I get this person to get involved and engage with the music? And, you know, that helps with making a living from it. And then a lot of times like that type of show, then there was other people there that were like, yo, I want to book you, you know? You know, I'm, that was that was nice because they, they probably haven't seen something like that neither. And that's the main thing. Like, I try to tell people all the time, like, every show I do, it's, it's a new show based on the fact that I can't freestyle about the same thing at, you know, from last show. So it's always going to be a new show, you know? And I got Gates that- calling in. Let me merge him in with us. So words we were talking about when you freestyle on stage, do you practice that before shows? Because I mean, there's only so much you can practice because it's all off the top and based on what you see in the audience. But is that a skill that needs to be practiced over time, or is it something that's so automatic with you right now you don't really have to practice it? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't practice it to be honest with you. It's just. Cause I don't know what's going to be going on that day, that, that minute, that hour, you know, as, as I start going, it's just whatever's going on at that minute, that hour. So I don't practice it. 
Um, it's just part of the show. Usually what's practice for the show is just the songs. I'll just, I'll go through the songs, but like the freestyle part, I, I just, it's just all made up. It's improvised right there. Cause I don't know who's going to be there. Right. So what was it like being in Charlottesville, just knowing the history of Charlottesville over the past couple of years, um, going back to the August 11th and August 12th, um, basically racist attacks on the city and what happened what was it like visiting and you know being with your cousin here um for the weekend you know i was definitely like i was i was thinking about it but i really wasn't concerned about it that much you know um i thought about it my cousin said that was it wasn't close to where he was so i guess you know when it when it occurred being that it wasn't close to where he was, and I asked him about it, I kind of felt safe. Um, but, you know, me letting people know I was going down there, I did get those be safe um, text messages. But then once I got down there, it felt real like a real diverse community, you know. I've seen people from all, uh, you know, shapes, colors, fashions, and everything, and I felt like kind of like a melting pot of New York in a way. So um, I didn't really see how that community could actually have that type of situation there. It felt kind of weird after doing the show and all that, being down there, I didn't really see where that was, you know. I'm not sure if, if I know Gates, you, you knew I was going to Charlottesville as well. Did you know that? I kind of like the, the festival, but I actually didn't realize it was Charlottesville, like, you know, in terms of the history of it and, and, um, you know the Charlottesville I had in my mind. I didn't. I didn't think. Right. It was, yeah. So it, it it just felt like something different. Yeah. It was kind of. It was kind of like going there. It felt kind of like. I almost felt like, this wasn't where that racist attack happened. Exactly. Yeah. That's you know? that's what it felt like. No doubt. Yeah. It's it's definitely a complicated place for sure. You know, kind of. Um, I guess that's probably like a a good way to describe Charlottesville in one word would probably be complicated. So looking at the album, you know, you guys have Champion Sounds coming out end of May. Um, how did the idea to even collab and make this project happen? You know, how did you guys basically come up with this with this idea to to pull it off? I'll let you go with that gate. Yeah, I, I would say. Um... It was an idea that kind of it kind of worked itself out organically because um you know we had we had worked on on fly thoughts previously uh with EMC and um and then just working on new beginning with words uh I was actually a part of that the process of of that of of that album getting done and um I was also featured on it so he was featured on Diamond Mine as well. We just started building a rapport, uh, you know, over time that that uh, it, you know grew to the point where we were working with Quincy separately, Quincy Tones, um, and it just uh, it just sparked like on some like why don't we just work on some records together, see what it sounds like, and then it just it just turned into something that you know. Uh, greater than I expected in terms of just the the quality, the the uh, the features, you know what I'm saying, the the type of music that we 
we put together sonically in terms of our two different but you know relative styles in terms of complementing each other so it was it was a pretty dope process to be a part of did you guys know going back to fly thoughts off the emc project that you guys would have good chemistry was that kind of a good indicator for both of you i i think like um it, it was an indicator actually earlier on than that because me and Gates were actually part of another group called The Idea in Philadelphia. So before Gates actually were was introduced to Strick and Ace, me and Gates already were doing was doing music prior to them knowing him. So we already knew we were doing music together that could work. Um, I think like overall this album, what made it so dope with the chemistry was the fact that we trusted each other even though we're like in with like different generation, different generations, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of course an older artist and then Gates is more of like the new breed of doing music. Um, there was a trust factor there of, we both know no matter what year, what generation, whatever the case may be, we know how to make music that would just work for whoever listens to it. And, you know, me trusting Gates with, you know, Cause I don't know if you realize that Gates singing some of the hooks, like he's like triple threat with it. You know, he can sing, write the song, he can rap. So some of the songs you people may not realize that Gates singing, you know, also rapping and all of that. So like the trust factor of just like him having an ear to what's currently going on. And also he's very well briefed with the history of hip hop, you know, like uh, his favorite artist is Nas, you know? So like, knowing that and then me that's one of my favorite artists from you know roughly my era that shows that he has a certain respect to the game from then to now to be able to um help kind of orchestrate with putting the product together and that's why i think i think that's why it worked because because actually he knows the history of what's going on i think a lot of artists today don't really care care about the history of it to actually have the uh integrity behind making the music yeah, and you, and you know, even going even further back, uh, we actually went to the same high school at different points in time. So that was even crazy <laughs> too. Like the energy was in that space already in terms of just just a uh, uh, a sense of just understanding and connectedness in um in our work. So it, it's pretty dope. That's incredible. You know, thinking about that, how did you guys work to bring each other? into your worlds because you know it's important that you guys are who you are in the music but also when you work together i would imagine there's a bit of compromise that takes place well i, I think um it was it was easier than than i thought it would be you know what i mean because like really my my goal in the project and working with words was like i i've always felt like he's such a such an ill lyricist and storyteller that um you know working on this project together we got a chance to you know choose the production together that we were going to work on and and i felt like you know whatever i brought to the table in terms of whether singing the hooks or or the rhymes that i was coming with like i just wanted to even the down to choosing the production i wanted it to complement what words already does you know what I'm saying? Because he, he does it at the highest level. So if everything else around it um, complements that, it, it's going to be just high level altogether. 
So, and in terms of the compromise, you know, I guess the the compromise would come in in just working together and trying to orchestrate the sound that we wanted to to, uh, execute. But again, that that wasn't difficult at all because he's he's so prolific from like in so many ways from a, from a writing perspective to a just a point of view. So he, he can take it anywhere. So it was pretty easy to to just adapt what we were trying to manifest and bring it bring it to reality. Yeah, I, I would say like a song like just when you say right, Brian. Like when you hear that song. The song simply had like, of course, like the uh, the sample in it, and then you know I write a verse to it, and then it creates sounds like that where we write a verse in it and whoever sends it to the other person. So like a just way, I verse I send it. Next thing you know, he sends it with that incredible. And just when you say hooks on, it's wrong. It makes the song dynamic. It's played with the hook. I'm like blown away, you know, because we didn't have opportunity to be in the studio for certain stuff. So it's like him sending it back to me, and I and he's like, "Yo, my verse on there," and I hit play. And next thing you know, you hear him singing that hook. I'm like, "Yo, this is crazy." So it was a lot yeah. of those um, surprises for me that was dope about the fact that he was able to take the song to another level. I could have just got the song back and then it was a verse there and then it's just a sample. But him being able to do that and then also able to do like some mixing and pre-mixing before it, for it too. So you can hear the hook and him kind of like where he places it at and so many different things like that. So that's what the collaboration where it went to another level is the fact that I can send him something knowing it's going to come back, you know, maybe... 12 times better than what it was. No doubt. That's pretty awesome. And when you look at something like live on air, you know, I think you show too, like just through the video, like working in separate areas and what's that bit, you know, what that's like and making a cohesive product when you can't necessarily always be in the same room together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, I think, um, I think that it's the epitome really of, the, you know, the state that we live in today currently as a society, like, there's so much that can get done on a global scale from so many different places in a cohesive way. So, you know, we wanted to kind of embody that, not only through the music, because, you know, Champion Sounds represents not only, uh, you know, the the triumph that we want to embody through the music, but really for everyone, like, to, to... relate to that struggle and that glory and um i think it's just the the video was was so dope because we shot that in three different locations and you know we were all on the same page in terms of the vision that we have for it and it it, you know shout out to damage your mind because you did a great job of flying back and forth and getting the stuff done but it's just a reflection of of what we were already doing in the studio and um, what we were speaking on in terms of uh, the message that we wanted to convey, you know? No doubt. You know, 
looking too when you when you look at that video, what was the goal with the visuals to really? Because I felt like you guys did a really good job showing the completely different worlds you're currently in. Yeah, that was that was the uh, the concept pretty much for from Damage and Minds and, and Gates from when when they were telling me about it because they they actually shot the Rashid Chappelle parts um, together and also the other parts together with with Gates in um, Louisiana. So when they shot those parts and then I, my parts were shot last. They kind of were like, this is the vision of what it is. It's, you know, we want to show everybody kind of where they are, um, just engulfing. Kind of, if you think about it too, the environment kind of represents a lot of what we're saying in the rhymes too. You know what I'm saying? Like Rashid, where he's talking about, you know, like, you know, the speakerphone, just kind of like where blindness was going on in streetwise. My verse is like, I say something about dining with prime ministers, so it's kind of showing me in that area. And then and the engaged verse is like a mixture of both, you know what I'm saying? So the, the areas, I think, also represent what the verses are about, too. So the aesthetic, everything just kind of merges well together, you know? No doubt. And working with Quincy Tones, he's done a lot of dope music over the years. How how was that process, and what exactly did you hope to get from him, and and how did you agree on the beats for the project? Man, Quincy, Quincy's very very special uh, producer when it comes to um, you know bringing things to life musically, like from a musical perspective. Uh, you know, he he's not shy of bringing in drummers, pianists. Uh, violinist, whatever it takes to, to get the sound up to par. And he, he always surprises you, man, because there's, there's a lot of character and identity in his production in ways that uh, are, are like, very prevalent but also allow you to, to carve your own space over the production. So, um, you know, I, I feel like his, his, uh, his production tells a story it allows us to tell our story and it just and there's not too many producers that that can do that well and also give you that classic feel with a with with um you know musicality to it so it, it was it was very dope working with Quincy man he's he's a he's a rare breed That's yeah fun. and uh you know so we got we got history with Quincy cuz he did oh sorry he he did um you know, Quincy did some some songs on the show album, the EMC album. So since then, um, I've worked with Quincy from from then. And then once Quincy started sending us beats, you know, he's very diverse with the beats, as you can tell. Uh, if you love to look at his discography of who he's worked with, that's so massive as far as the, the people and the sounds he's provided for the people that uh, once we got all these tracks, you know, me and Gates would listen to them and then kind of say, you know, this one we could we mess with, this one, or, you know, if Gates has a vision for something, he'll lay something down. If I have a vision for something, then we send it back and forth. But then the brilliance of it was that once we rapped on it, that wasn't the end of the record. Quincy would get this song, and then, like Gates said, he would have live instrumentation put on it. So, like, you know, when you're hearing the song end, you'll hear like live keyboards, you know, you hear live instruments on there. 
uh, you know, the soul singer, uh, Greg is on there with some voices choir. So like he went and got a choir to sing that hook on the song with Talib Kweli, you know, um, Word. so these, these days, so like going those extra mile is why the record actually was going to come out a little bit earlier, but the fact that Quincy wanted to add this extra oomph to it and we were patient, it worked out. Because you're not just gonna send him back and he's gonna say, Oh, this is cool, I got two verses on it, let's mix it. Now he's like, Man, you know what? I got this uh piano player coming by tomorrow. You know, so a lot of those records when you hear him, you know, that's him with those final touches of him being a professional. Yep. That, yep, that, yep. His his work began when when uh the vocals were done. That's pretty awesome. And I, I feel like, you know, just going back to Fly Thoughts, it's just what I really appreciate about that song is just it seems like it's a very good kind of time capsule for where you're both at today and where your philosophies are and kind of just your state of mind. You know, when you listen to that song, how do you really think about, you know, the fact that you both went to the same high school, you both come from New York, but you're in different places and you're in just different states of mind. Like, how do you reconcile that? How do you think that helped you make Champion Sounds? The Fly Thoughts hook, how that came about, too. We were on tour together at that time. I believe we were on tour. Um, and then we got home. And then um, that first initial tour was me, Gates, and EMC. Uh, that was the first time that Gates, the, the rest of the crew, and we all bond or tour. It was like a, a great bond. You know, it's not really mesh with somebody on tour with them for, I think, about weeks. So, um, strict the Fly Thoughts record to Gates. I don't even think we knew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then played it to uh, us, you know, in Atlanta. He played it to us and we was like, yo, that sounds crazy, you know? Like, you know, so um, that was that was just one of the things that I thought that was remarkable. Like, you know, the crew listening to Gates and meeting Gates on the tour, hearing his music and and liking his music outside of just me knowing him before them. And then like, yo, put him on some and it worked out per uh, perfectly to the point that that was our first number one record in college. And I think it, it's attributed to that hook that Gates came up with. You know, because the sound was current, but it also showed the integrity of the group at the same time to maintain doing what we do. Um, and then um, how I think that all just works out, it probably does just kind of one of those things that's in the atmosphere of just how the world works, you know, uh, a lot a lot of times. So me and Gage going to the same high school. Um, me, I'm from Brooklyn, but I went to high school in Manhattan. And the thing about going to high school in Manhattan, which is so dope, is that, especially Norman Thomas, you get people from every borough. And I think that's what uh, helped me become a better artist and a better person overall is that I was around people from Manhattan, Queens, Bronx, all over the world, not world, but all over the city. And that put me on a different styles, whether it was rapping, clothing, all of that. So. Um, I think that's where we fall in, in the line at with me and Gates is that we just we're just open to people and where they are, what they do, and not like judgmental upon like you do that and that's all you do. It's like you do that, that's dope. I do this. 
I mean, when you think about that, Gates, how do you decide, you know, because you are a triple threat, you know, what do you, how do you decide what to do on each song and like, um, how to approach each song, you know, and, and what it, what it calls for and what you should do for each. I, I mean, I think you, you said it right there. It's, it's really what it calls for. Like I, I throw on a, a record and, or, or a beat or something. And, and really I don't write the record. The record writes itself and I'm, and I'm just a vessel. So like, you know, I've been rapping since I was 12 years old. Uh, my father was also a singer a musician, you know what I'm saying? And um, so it's all embedded in my makeup, you know? So if I, if I write a rhyme, it's just as genuine as me singing my heart out, you know what I'm saying? Because like, it, it's just what, whatever the frequency calls for at that moment is, is, is what, how I'm going to deliver my message, but the message still comes from me. So it, it, it's, it's actually a very fun process to just, I surprise myself because I don't know what is going to come next and it keeps me on my toes. So it's, it's a pretty fun experience. And what about working with the, I mean, there's an incredible list of, of guest MCs on here, you know, G rap Quali and master ACE and, and a bunch of others, uh, Rashid Chappelle, you know, how did you decide who to get and what was it like, you know, kind of adjusting the chemistry and, and approach to each song, depending on who, was featured on it. Well, I'll tell you a, a quick story about the irony of how getting G rap on this album worked out, which is so crazy to me, is the fact that like me coming up, G rap is my, my favorite rapper. You know what I'm saying? He's he's one of my favorites to this day. And when I was younger he was like totally my favorite rapper. So I always was like, you know, as a kid you're like, man, I wish I could have a song with G rap. Ironically, Gates wound up singing on a G-Rap album. The last G-Rap album, I believe, he did a hook on there. So Yeah, Return that, of the Dawn. Right, he was on there. And then in turn of that, uh, Gates also went on a couple of the shows with the Juice Crew and met G-Rap personally. After I doing actually that. opened up for G-Rap um, for the album release, too. Right, so... So check it out, Brian. The crazy thing about it is if I probably, if I never met Gates, I probably would never have the song with my favorite rapper. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's that's, that's mind-blowing. You know what I'm saying? That's um, so crazy. So I, that's, I'll talk about that. That's the trick. Isn't that crazy? So that's how that, that worked out for, uh, and, you know, and, I got blessed like and, that. And I, I truly believe in, um, you know, and destiny, balance of the universe, all that, man. Because, because really, like, like words, uh, EMC, even the, the idea, uh, all these spaces where we have collaborated together, you know, it helped me so much on my in my career and in my journey, in uh, fulfilling my dream. So it, it, it's just a crazy, crazy, you know, it, it balances itself out. It, it's, it's really it, you can't make it up. They got um. Spuddy, Spuddy Roots is on there, right? Um, yep, that's Gates. That's, yeah, that's Gates Connect. So Gates could probably maybe walk you through some of the first early features on the album. It's not a lot of them on there. He could walk you through some of them because he, he was very instrumental in getting like uh, Lily and stuff like that. And then uh, uh, I'll let him talk about them. But I'm gonna, I'll, I'll mention Greg Blackman is actually uh, 
Greg Blackman and Some Voices Choir, they're actually out in the UK. So Quincy Tones was very instrumental in getting them on the album and getting some of the other uh, live musicians on there. That's that's Quincy and uh, Greg Blackman. I mean, the soul the soul that he sings with it just resonates on the songs. He's on he's on the um, these these days record and he's also on the eulogy record as well. So I'll let Gates kind of like tell you about some of the other features on there as well. Yeah, man, Spuddy Roots. Uh, you know he's from Brooklyn. Dope uh, reggae soul artist. He's 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 pretty dope, man. Uh, Lily, she she's actually done some work with Afrojack, um, and we've done previous work on one of her projects and some other stuff. She she's super super talented. Uh, Sills on the on the project too. Uh, Sill, I actually did a collaboration EP with him a couple of years ago uh, called Play This, and he's a really talented rapper from Washington Heights as well. Um, we talking about you got Play another this. project coming out, right? You got yeah, another got, project coming out. with We him actually too. got a, a follow up uh, for that project called Play This too. It's, it's actually the full length album this time. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's gonna be dope. Uh, Talib actually, shout out to Quincy Tones. He you know he made that happen. Uh, even though words obviously has a great relationship with him, but that record how it came about was kind of like uh, uh, something that. Quincy orchestrated um, all together, so that that was very dope. Um, you know, obviously having Master Ace on it, even though we we can call him a friend, it, it, at the end of the day, it's having a legend that you get to uh, you know trade bars with, man. Any day, man, it's just, it's super fun, and it's a dream come true, man. So you know, like, uh, well, oh Lee Wilson, I forgot Lee Wilson. He's on Rolling. Uh, he's from Boston. He's really dope. He's I think he's in Europe now. He 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 tours. He does uh he does house music as well. But uh, he's also from the R and B club. So it was dope to get him on the record. But but just everybody on the project that was a feature, you know, I have uh, the utmost respect for not only as artists but as people, you know. So I, I'm just grateful that that uh, they feel the same and they got on the record. That's that's pretty awesome, you know. Also, how would you guys detail your your writing process and just how you both bring songs to life? I think we both think similar. We, we're kind of cinematic with it, so just writing stuff that we could visualize one, and then visualize um, can can we we visualize it to write it, and then we also have this integrity of once we write it, can everybody else visualize it with us? You know, so it's like writing writing a movie script basically. So, um, writing writing process that's pretty much what it is. I think for both of us, as far as we listen to a track and then we kind of say, okay, what is this? Like Gates said earlier, what is this track telling me what to do? And you know, if the concept works, then we 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 go with it from there. But um, the dope thing about it too is, you know, if we come up with a concept we both may visualize two different directions to take that same concept. And that's how you get such a great song. So that's how I'm able to write something, send it to Jason, and then he'll come back with a hook that I, I didn't even envision, you know? And um, I think that's, that's kind of my writing process as far as just like visualizing what it is and going from there and, and seeing what the next step is from there. And even on Sincerely Yours, 
when we did that record, you know, uh, words perspective was more in, in, in terms of past tense and then mine was in the future. So, uh, you know, we, we can't take one same idea and draw our own experiences from a whole different perspective because at the end of the day, we're all uh, unique perspectives. Um, but we, we can all relate to one another in some way, shape or form. And so, uh, the writing process is just, it's just that it's just, uh, how can I explain my message in a way that, that people can feel. And, and so that, that's, at the forefront and the rest of it just you know it just flows out and i appreciate the way that you know the the album has a nice balance of just straight lyricism also blended with some storytelling because you look at sincerely yours you look at photograph and it really has you putting yourselves in some situations that um you know you really have to be a vivid storyteller to pull off so um how do you approach a story and you know, sharing elements of, you know, uh, you know, putting, putting, putting raps together that, um, give the listener kind of that complete story and the complete picture. Well, I think we, 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 we flesh out the flesh out the idea first, you know, like we like to flesh out the idea and then, and then we discuss it pretty much like, yo, you know, I'm thinking if I come at this perspective, you know, like this, and then like like a song like Photograph, you know, if I come with that first verse, you know, there has to be his rebuttal in a way to the, to that other side, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, when you got like other songs, when it's both of us, it's kind of like he said, like Gates is saying, okay, words said, said it from this perspective, I'm gonna come with this perspective of the same topic, even though we're not in the same realm, like photograph is the same realm. And in other songs, it's like two different worlds colliding, but it's at the same token. Um, man, this is how I'm going through that similar theme. No doubt. So, uh, so I, I didn't know, Gates, did you want to jump on that or are you good? Well, yeah, I think... Um... Like even, even on a record like like Eulogy, you know, uh, that's that's like a topic we discussed, and it was pretty interesting because because you know what a eulogy entails. But we were able to get creative, and just in terms of uh, reintroducing people to ourselves or introducing people to ourselves for the first time, uh, depending on the listener. Um, so. We try to get crafty all throughout the, the project, man. You know, I think we're both uh, uh, two people that respect uh, hip hop, respect the culture, respect the art form. And, um, you know, what better way to show that respect than to bring it to the table, like uh, consistently on every record. So I, I think uh, we were able to do that. Um, we, we were able to bring it out of each other in a, in a, in a fun way, man. So it was just, it was just so so cool to be a part of this project. Yeah, like a song like Eulogy, which is cool. Thinking about that, like we came up with that concept and and song at Gates at Gates Crib uh, the same day we did the photo shoot for the album. 
So that gives you some kind of idea. Like that was one of the times that we were actually in the same room listening to the yeah. beat because we liked the track and then the idea sparked. And we were like, yeah, this, that's it right there. That's it. And then um, that once it was done, you know, and then Ace, you know, we, you know, I think we both kind of knew like Ace likes to rap about something that's kind of warm hearted, heartfelt. And then it's also a story. So like we actually had a show in my, in Milwaukee. When we had an EMC show in Milwaukee last year and Gates was there, of course, for all of us riding out. And we all stayed at this dope spot uh, all together, man. And we hadn't seen each other for a while. And I mean, that whole weekend of staying together, man, we didn't turn on no entertainment. We just talked. <laughs> we, we ain't turn on no TV, nothing. We just talked all weekend hanging together, which is crazy. And um, that just lets you know, like, we don't need no uh, YouTube, none of that stuff. We just build as brothers about what's been going on. And uh, we were trying to get Ace on the album, of course, and we played him that record. And he was like, definitely, he's like, oh, yeah, that's that's him, you know? So that that record, it just definitely, um, it fit perfectly with all three of us being on there, you know? Well, and you killed it on three off of Brooklyn Story, too. So, I mean, it's great to see that EMC connection you know um holding true yeah yeah man i mean we talk every day me we got a, we got a group chat is is me is gates strict is ace is power my man my boy power malu it's also steve the angry merch guy so we have a group chat that every day we talk you know so that's what keeps the bond going and we and we we talk in there we don't even talk nothing about music Ironically, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we yeah. we don't talk nothing about like music that we're doing, you know what I'm saying? Like honestly, we'll be in that same group chat, let's say like from like last week or something like that, and then like Ace video drop. You know what I'm saying? Or like me and Gage video drop. We'll never mention in the group, yo, we dropped the video today. Really like that. You know what I'm saying? It's kinda just like we'll drop the video and then if somebody in the group see it, they see it. But we never like <laughs> We're never mentioning it to each other, really, what we're doing musically at all, if any. So, like, like me and Gage dropping an album is is kind of like maybe shocking to the group. Yeah, you know, yeah. because like, nobody like, nobody knows. You know what I'm saying? And even like, you know, Ace working on an album with Marco Polo, we might know he's working on it. We don't know like the release date or how far it is necessarily, or like if Sugar's working or something or anybody in the group or Gates. I didn't even know Gates had the second album done with him and Sill until like about a month ago. You know what I'm saying? Like we were just talking because we're not really, uh, we're so bonded on every other aspect. Like music is almost like the second priority to us as amongst us being together as boys. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that, that's a pretty powerful group chat you got going there. And that's, it's really cool that, you know, you focus on other topics too, like, um, how much are you talking about the NBA playoffs? Because I know you're a huge NBA head and you've been following the Bucks Celtics pretty closely. Um, what have you thought about, what have you guys thought about the playoffs so far? Oh man. I mean, I, I picked Milwaukee to, to, to make it to the finals against the Warriors before the playoffs started. And it's not cause I'm a fan. It's just cause I feel like, those are the two teams best suited for the for the long haul of the playoffs. Um, it's been entertaining, though, man. It's, it's been everything 
I, I kind of imagined it would be this year in terms of the competition. You know, you got the top four teams on each side, uh, you know, playing hard and playing team ball. So it, it's been fun, man. It's been fun. I, I'm waiting for the Warriors to get knocked off, though. Might not happen. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm into it too, man. I'm I'm kind of an underdog. I'm an underdog person, so I definitely want to see Milwaukee make it there. And uh, I'm I'm the same thing. Like I'm kind of done with the uh, the Golden Golden State situation. So I'm an underdog with it. I would like to see somebody new uh, win. I hear you. I mean, Houston's playing them pretty tough right now, and as long as their shots keep dropping, they definitely have a shot. That's yeah, I think that's I think that's the uh, the thing about Houston is the reliance upon that sh- that three pointer. You live and die by. It. Yeah, I don't think it's the same reliance with uh, with Golden State. Like you need KD might give you thirty, forty, and it ain't all threes. With with Houston, it's kind of like if if they don't make them, nobody's really driving in besides Harden. You're not getting really any. Uh, points in the paint really kind of vibe you know so that's that's where it's kind of you know the odds I think favor uh, Golden State just off the basis of two pointers right yeah, who, who you got Brian I mean I love the Bucks my my son's what has been a Bucks fan because Malcolm Brogdon you know UVA the Charlottesville connection um, and he's always loved Malcolm Brogdon at UVA so when he got drafted by the Bucks that was a pretty easy switch and then Giannis turned into a monster which only helped but um it's like our house has kind of turned into a big bucks house over the last couple years just because Malcolm Brogdon um and that UVA connection so I'd love to see I'd love to see the bucks take them take out the warriors if that's um how it could go yeah I think it's possible I think it's just about being tough. You know, with the Warriors, it's kind of a tough thing a little bit, it seems like. Uh, you know, and then, you know, if, you, if you're if you on uh, Steph and Clay like Blue, it's possible that they'll miss, a, miss some key jumpers, you know. It's definitely, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, when, when they're cold, they're cold, and, and they've had a, had a cold streak, so I feel like they're going to break out of that at some point pretty soon. Right, right. That's what I think. The odds of that ma- maintaining like that is uh, <laughs> far and few. And and words, you know, we're, we're heading into, you know, May. You know, end of the school year coming up. You know, how's the school year been going for you? And you know, what's how how's the year shaping up? Um, for me, man, it's pretty good, man. This week has been testing, so like, um, you know, some classes have been like a half hour, so I. I I don't mind that aspect of it, um, but I think it's been kind of great. This is my first year doing the music production class and also doing film production, and um, I submitted 11 videos for this contest. It's this a uh, school contest, school or all the district world, the district wide contest for middle school, and uh, out of 11 videos, nine got nominated. So I actually go to the ceremony to see, you know, if we win some awards May 23rd. So that was kind of like, uh, that's kind of been a cool way to kind of cap it off because it's my first year doing a program like this and uh, to see the kids be so successful at it. 
um, I'm kind of excited to take it to another level, you know. That's really awesome. Congrats on that. That's that's incredible. Hey, hey, tap, tap. Champion sounds right. for the children. Right. Yeah, how, how do the kids respond to your music? You know, do, how much do they know and how much do they find out kind of without you telling them? Uh, you know what's crazy? Like the kids, what they do, man, the kids Google everybody, man. Yep, they <laughs> you should sure not be a teacher without getting Googled, man. They Google you, man. So if you get in any trouble outside, outside of teaching, they going to know. I've seen them bring up stuff about teachers to me that they'd be like, Mr., did you know such and such did this and that? And, yeah, you can't just be in there. So just um, the fact that I that I teach music and that other teachers know about it, sometimes sometimes they mention it as well. And, um, and the kids go Google it and research it on their own. That's really cool. Yeah, you got. It's cool. It's incredible though with kids. I mean, I know for when I, when I was teaching too. Like you know, they would look up um, everything on social media. They if they saw you out. I remember them telling me about teachers. They saw drinking outside and at restaurants. And it's not just like a teacher's drinking. It's like if you're, drink, if you're drinking a beer in public, you're drunk. And so. They would come up to me with teaching, you know, right. so and so was like <laughs> completely wasted, you know, on Friday night, you know, and it's like, it's, it's one of those things. It's just, like, it comes with the territory, it's right? It's exaggerated. Totally. Yeah. It's exaggerated. Like, you know, a lot of, you know, when you think about it, right, the way kids kind of see us is the fact, like some of them think we sleep at school. They don't think you're a normal person. Right. So, you know. That's what ha- that's what comes with it. So anytime they see you outside, they like that's when they kind of get the realization. They almost feel like, oh man, is he gonna talk to my mom or my dad or whatever the case? But like, they don't actually think about the aspect that you're actually a normal person. You know, it's like that never crosses their minds. Never, never does. And looking at. Um parent you know just parent life which you talk about on live on air you know how would you describe your philosophy as a father um you know because definitely when you're in charlottesville i know a lot of a lot of guys were trying to get you to go see avengers without your kids and your wife and you're like you know can't do that um gotta wait for them you know, definitely you know how, how would you describe you know just your approach as a dad and um you know your philosophy there Um, my philosophy is just really memories, trying to, trying to set forth the best memories and many memories as I can. Cause like, uh, doing music, uh, as Gates can attest to this, it's a huge sacrifice on a relationship, whether it's kids or your yeah, significant other. So, and you know, us being grown people now, we realize a lot of the dear things we hold on to are the memories we had with our parents watching them age and the things that it helped mold us to. So, like, I missed out on a lot of memories being on the road. And so now I'm at that stage when it's like everything I want to do is so when they get older, they can say, you remember when we went to go see this with such and such? You remember when we went to go do this? So that that phrase in itself is very powerful. Remember when? I realize how powerful that is. That might be the 
the most powerful uh, way to begin a to begin a conversation with your parents. Yeah, you know, that's pretty awesome. And what do you guys have, you know, coming up now that you've got Champion Sounds coming out in a couple of weeks? What's your focus going to be, and what are you guys looking looking to next after Champion Sounds? Well, I know I know we got some videos, uh, some more videos coming up for the for the album. Uh, we we're we're possibly we're in the works of scheduling some type of uh, of tours or a couple shows where we can kind of get together and rock out and and bring the bring the music to the stage. So uh, and then aside from that, you know. Words, words is always working on new music. I'm always working on new music, and um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be in the field, uh, you know, bringing some more heat. So that that's that. I mean, that's what I see in the cards right now. Yeah, um, we got we got the album coming out. Of course, Gates has the next album he got coming out. Uh, I'm working on the. Uh, another solo project. I'm I'm collaborating with um, a couple of different producers and kind of doing it like same way we did it with Quincy. So right now I've been working with Donnell Smokes, uh, who did New Beginning, then Fifth P, somebody new, and then I'm just kind of like in the search of finding another. Oh, Sam Brown, starting that again with who did Our World Today. But like just kind of searching for any new upcoming producer that I think is dope and trying to do a whole project with them. Um, and then just kind of like, you know, taking on some shows here and there that come about. Um, so as the shows come about, then just go to those and move the product and keep the awareness out there that we're still doing some dope music. And, and I think that kind of was the vibe in Charlottesville um, after the show, um, like, did pretty well selling the, the album and I think it was really that vibe of like, oh, alright, there's, there's some good stuff out there I can go get. You know what I'm saying? That's That was that was the vibe I got a lot, you know, kind of just like, man, where where has this been, you know? So, yeah. I think that's really the key to it all. It's kind of like, this album was dope for me. It's like, you see me perform in Charlottesville, then I sell a lot of those albums there, right? But for me, it's not necessarily only me when you buy the album. So now you go, yo, this dude Gates is kind of dope. Scott Pearl Gates is dope too. Has he released something before? And now you go check the Pearl Gates product. And now, now you start adding him to your playlist. And now that keeps the culture alive and, and with some credibility. So I think that's what makes it dope uh, for this project is the fact that you get introduced to maybe even Quincy Tones and then it's also vice versa, you know, because like I said, like Gates, Gates is, is in a different generation. So for for me to be a part of this project with Gates is the same thing because people that never probably heard of me really that's in, from Gates generation, they're like, yeah, this, this dude is kind of dope that you did this album with. You know what I'm saying? So it works on both ways. There's people that 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 are Gates fans that never heard of me or Quincy. 
So we just get to introduce our uh, audiences to each other. That's the that's one of the dopest parts for me about it. Yeah, that's where. 